Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, New Community Church. If you're new around here and I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron and I am the lead pastor here at NCC and Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. This is the fourth week in our series called Let's Go. And every week in this series, we're talking about the action that God is calling us towards. We believe that God has great plans for us in 2016. And we don't want to just hear God's word. We want to put it into practice in our life. And so every week we're looking at those steps, those forward movements that we can take in our walk with Christ to become more and more like Jesus and we can resemble him. And that's the heart of this series. Let's go. Let's put into action our faith in the belief that we have in God and what God is challenging us with. And that's what we want to talk about um, even today. Like we're talking about, God, how do we hear your word and, and put that into motion and, and see our lives change to see other people's lives change. And so We've done that the past few weeks. We've talked about making disciples in the biblical mandate for that, that each of us, not just those that are spiritually mature, not for the real Christians, but all of us are called to go into the world and to make disciples. We've talked about impacting our communities, and Pastor Spencer did a great job last week talking about serving others, what we have in our life to to share and to minister to other people and to really make that difference and that impact. And so We're going to do something that we've done every week in this series. I'm going to ask you to reach in the seat in front of you and take out this card right here that says, let's go. So if all of you could do that for me. And we're just going to pause for a moment before we jump into today's message and hear something else that God wants us to do. And we're going to look at what we did this past week. God, how did we put our faith into action this past week? How did we go this past week? And so you can see some of the things that we talked about. Complete the spiritual gifts inventory. So how are you gifted to serve? What are unique things God has placed in your life to minister to other people and to help other people grow? Can you sign up for an NCC team? Many of you guys did that this week and you said, hey, here's where I would love to serve. Here's how I can use my gifts or encourage someone else to join a team and and to use what God has placed in their life to serve others. And so that's what we were looking at this past week. And so we're going to take a moment. I've got my paper up here. I'm going to write them down. If this is your first Sunday or if you missed last week, it's okay. You don't have to panic. We want to encourage you to to join with us and to just take a moment and maybe it's looking ahead saying this week, God, is there something I can do with these? Or if you didn't do something last week, God, how are you challenging me to grow? How are you challenging me to go this week? And so I'm going to give you about a minute or two and just write down some of those things, how you're gifted to serve and then where you can serve at um, to minister to others. So if you need to, you can keep on writing while I talk, but we want to encourage you to do that. You're going to take that card at the end of service and drop it in the orange buckets as you walk out the door. And our goal is this is not a scorecard for us. You're not getting a pass or fail, but we want to, at the end of this series, look at all of the movements God has created in our lives, 
all of the way that we took what we heard and we put it into action and we did something with what God was challenging us with. And so we're going to email you, if you turn in this card, we're going to email you at the end of the series and you're going to be able to see what God has done and how he has moved you forward in your walk with him. And, and that's kind of our heart in this series, that we would go and we would put our faith into action towards the vision that God is calling us to. And so today we're going to continue um, in this series and, and look at what God is speaking to us next. And so today we're going to talk about let's go build friendships. Let's go build friendships. That's the heart of today's message. Now, as I mentioned that, I can see from some of your faces, you may think, well, that's a weird topic to talk about in church. It may not seem as spiritual about as other things that we could talk about or, or really make sense. But as we look at Scripture, I think we're going to see what it is that Christ is calling us to and the impact that this idea of building friendships has on our life and on the life of other people that God has placed around us. And so that's what we want to look at. Now, what we're not talking about today is how many Facebook friends you have, okay? We're not talking about how many Instagram followers or any of that, people that follow you on there. But we want to look at who are the people around you that know you? Who are the people around you that you know? That you know them on a deeper level, more than just what they've done because they posted something on social media. Who are the people around you that you really know? And what does that mean for your life? How do, how do you guys impact each other? And how do you help each other grow? And so we want to look at this morning, let's go build friendships. Now, when I was thinking about this, I love history. I love finding out stuff, reading historical biographies, all of those things, and um, loved it in high school and have kind of carried that into adulthood. And so oftentimes I read um, famous stories or biographies about people that are well-known in the past. And recently I picked up a book that someone recommended called Team of Rivals. It was about our president, Abraham Lincoln, and it was kind of going through his life story and who he was, but it took a unique position on that. And the reason why it was called Team of Rivals is there was a group um, of men around Abraham Lincoln who were kind of politically opposed to him um, at different points in his political career, but actually became this close-knit group of friends. And even though they opposed him at sometimes, or they were his opponent in the political arena, whenever he became president, a lot of these men are who he pulled in to be cabinet leaders or advisors for his presidency while he was here as the president of the United States. And as she was talking in this book about this group of friends and what it was really like, that friendship that developed, it was really interesting as I read about how that bond formed and, and who they were. They kind of shaped a lot of who um, Abraham Lincoln was in his character around a lot of his ideas, his political beliefs, and what he thought was shaped by this group of men that were around him. And this bond began to form because um, Abraham Lincoln and this group of guys, they were circuit lawyers in Illinois. And so they would start in Springfield, Illinois, and travel all to all of these small towns, and they were lawyers in these smaller courts. And as they did that, they spent time on the road together. They spent time traveling together, getting to know each other, and they developed this deep friendship and love for one another. And as I was reading through this book, it really stuck out to me because this author, as she's writing, she had to pause in this one particular chapter. She was talking about the friendship and the deep love that they had for one another, and she paused and she said, hey, I need to stop here and explain to the readers that are reading this book that there was nothing sexual going on between these guys. I thought, well, that's kind of odd. And I kept on reading it. And so she's talking about this, this, this relationship, this loyalty that they had to each other, this um, friendship that had developed. And she says it again. And a few pages later, she says it again. And I started to realize, man, that's kind of a sad thing where in our culture, we don't understand friendship on that level. 
And when we read about it, she's having to explain, hey, when you read about this kind of love between um, guys together, between these groups of friends that were together, and it wasn't only Abraham Lincoln, but other groups of friends that she's talking about, she had to express, hey, um, there's nothing kind of weird going on here because everything in our culture is typically, you know, sexualized or we think of it in, in the terms of sexual relationships. But she's saying, no, it was just this group of guys who really enjoyed being around each other who challenged one another, who shaped each other's character, who shaped who each other were and how they thought because of the ideas and, and the discussions that they would have. They were really close, um, close-knit group of friends that were together who really encouraged each other in what they thought and challenged each other to go forward in their walk and in their life and in their career and what they were doing. And so I thought, man, that's many times missing from our culture. We don't really understand a lot of times that level or that depth of friendship, but it's something that should be apparent in the church. We should be connected with one another. We should be building friendships. I believe the church should be a picture of that. And so I want us to look at scripture this morning and see what the word of God says about that kind of friendship and that kind of relationship and what it does for us, how it encourages us. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to start reading at chapter four. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be a couple of seats over, but you can reach down and grab that Bible. And it's on page 357. If you don't know where Ecclesiastes is, just kind of right in the middle of the Bible and start turning over a few pages, okay? And while you're turning there, while you're finding that book, Ecclesiastes, um, I'll just tell you a little bit about the book. It was written by a man named Solomon. Solomon was king over Israel. And... um, you probably may, may have heard of Solomon. You may not have heard of him. But Solomon's considered one of the wisest men that, was ever, that ever lived in the world. One of the wisest men of all times. Matter of fact, people traveled from all over the world just to sit and listen to Solomon's wisdom. And, and there's records of kings and leaders being astounded by the wisdom that Solomon had to share and the, the wisdom that Solomon had to speak. And this was because God's hand, God's blessing over Solomon's life. Solomon prayed and asked God for wisdom, and God gave that to him. And we see that through his writings. And as you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, if you've ever read through it, there's parts of it that seem kind of depressing and kind of down because Solomon, in all of his wisdom, he's looking around, and he's making observations about the world around him. And he says things like this, like, I've seen people working for money all of their lives. They're just trying to get more money and trying to get more wealth. But then when they die, what happens to all of that money? He said it just fades away. It rusts. It goes to another person. And he says, hey, all of that, it's kind of meaningless to work for money. It's meaningless. He said, I see other people and they're toiling, they're working, and they're doing all of this for just to become well-known for a position or for some kind of influence. But they die and no one remembers what they really did in their job there. They're not remembered. And he says, all of this is meaningless. It's kind of worthless when you look at that. But in chapter 4, he talks about something. And his tone kind of shifts. And he talks about something that's not meaningless, that actually has value. And he's talking about friendships and the relationships that we have in our life. And this is what he says, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Solomon says this, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-fold cord is not quickly broken. 
So what's Solomon saying? He's talking about relationships. He's talking about friendships here, the things that God has placed in our life that help us. And Solomon's just saying, hey, just practically look at this. Look at wisdom. And he's saying, hey, it's not good for you to do this alone. He's challenging his readers. Hey, you were never meant to live your life, to be by yourself, to do this all on your own without any help from anyone else. And so I don't know about you, but what Solomon says is true. If I'm doing a job, I want to have other people doing that with me. That's why household chores, I have eight kids, you guys. I don't have to do a lot. We all share that, okay? Just a little bit of wisdom for you guys that are needing to start a family, okay? Have lots of kids. But you don't have to do it alone. If, if you fall down, if you get hurt, if something happens in your life, man, it's good to have someone else there with you that can encourage you, that can strengthen you, that can challenge you, that can lift you up. You were never meant to do this by yourself. In Christianity, you were not called to do this alone. We were called to live in relationship and community with other people, and that's what Solomon is saying. Hey, if you're looking for wisdom, if you're searching out what has value, what's not meaningless in this life, I'm telling you, search for relationships, search for friendships, search for connections with other people that are going to help you in your walk with God, in your relationship with God, in everything that you're doing in your life that are going to be there to encourage you and to challenge you. And so, so Solomon is saying, hey, there's wisdom in that. And I'm looking at that in the church. And I started to think about that. God, how do we do that? How do we go and build friendships? And, and I felt like this is something that we need to focus in on. If we're going to go and build friendships in the church, we need to create not just rows. We need to create circles. To build friendships in the church, we need to not just create rows, but we need to create circles. What do I mean by that? We'll just look down the row that you're sitting on, okay? Just take a moment. Look at the beautiful faces to your left, the beautiful faces to your right. Okay, those people that are there, I hope that you know some of the people that you're sitting around. Okay, hopefully you're not here by yourself, but maybe you are. But man, it's good to know other people around you, those names of people that are there and, and who they are. But it can't just stop there. See, it's not just enough for you to come in here every week and, and to see the back of someone's head that sits in front of you and, and maybe to talk to them for a quick second when we do connect time and you walk around and shake their hand and just say, hi, hi, how's it going? Hi, hi, hi. Okay, and you do that, it, it's important that we not just sit on rows together, but that we sit in a circle with each other. See, that's why we do NCC groups here at New Community Church, because there needs to be points, and we're not just looking at the back of someone's head, but we're looking at their face. And we're talking about what God is speaking to me about. What's God speaking to you about? How are you growing in your relationship with God? And you're asking me, Aaron, how are you growing in your relationship with God? See, we need each other. The conversation can't just stop here when I'm speaking a message or where God is challenging us from his word. The conversation has to go beyond that, church. We can't just sit in rows together. We have to sit in circles with one another. We have to challenge each other and build those friendships and those relationships where we're going to encourage each other to grow. It was so neat this morning before first service, I was standing out in the lobby and talking to people, and um, I started talking to Mitch Billingsley, who's someone that attends the first service. Some of you guys may know him, and he just said this. He's like, Aaron, I am loving the Wednesday night men's Bible study. He didn't even know what I was talking about this morning, but he said, Aaron, here's what's happening. I'm getting to know some of these guys, and we're becoming close friends. And then he used the verse that I have in my notes that he didn't know I was going to share this morning. And he's like, it's what Proverbs says that iron sharpens iron. That's what's happening in my life. I'm growing spiritually and I'm able to challenge others to grow spiritually. And we're developing friendships that go beyond just us being in church together. And I thought, man, that's the heart 
of what Christ is calling us to do is that we're there for one another. That's what Solomon writes in Proverbs, what Mitch was saying, Proverbs chapter 27. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. He's talking about those relationships, those people that you have in your life that are willing to challenge you and encourage you to go further than you are right now, that see more in you than even you see in yourself. In Proverbs chapter 27, Solomon writes again, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deadly are the kisses of an enemy. What does he mean? He's saying, oh yeah, there are people in your life, those surface friends or those people, they'll just tell you what you want to hear. They'll kind of butter you up and make you feel good about yourself, but they're not true friends because they're not willing to get into your face, to say the difficult things, not because they want to hurt you, but because they want to love you. They're not willing to challenge you in your walk with God. They just want you to feel good about yourself. And he's like, hey, you need to be careful of those people, but a true friend, a faithful friend is someone who will get with you and say, hey, I want to see you grow. Hey, I see this problem in your life, but I want to help you through it. I want to see you get beyond that. I want to see you go past that. See, that's what true friendship, that's what Solomon is saying. Hey, don't do this thing alone. Don't do this thing by yourself. Have those people surrounding you. Don't just sit in rows, but sit in circles with people where you see them and where you get to know each other. And the relationship starts to go to a deeper level where you can encourage one another. So church, who are those friends in your life? Do you have those kinds of people that are walking with you? that aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear so that you feel good about yourself, but are going to challenge you in the areas that you need to grow in? Are you being that kind of friend to someone else? Are you sharing that in your life with someone else that that needs that? Because that's what we're called to do. That's what should be happening in our life. That's what I mentioned. That's why we do the groups that we do around here. That's why we talk about them a lot, because we believe that it's important that we don't just meet together here, but that we have those conversations that are vital to our lives, and that's what groups provide. And so every single Sunday morning at 9.30, Aaron Castellanos is sitting upstairs, um, and he's teaching a Bible study class, 40 Days in the Word. How do I read God's Word? And as they're doing that, as they're talking about, hey, how do we open Scripture? How do we study God's Word? If I'm new to this, where do I even start at? And as he's walking them through that, they're not just learning about the Bible, they're learning about each other. They're able to challenge one another. They're able to grow together. We have a financial peace class that meets, and you start talking to other people about, hey, what does Scripture say about money? How do you invest your money? How do you balance your budget? And you start to share that stuff with each other like Laura Safuentes does during this service that always meets at Financial Peace University. You start to do that and you begin to challenge and grow together with other people. It's no longer just about money. It starts opening up at a relationship there. Hey, how can we grow together? The men's Bible study the preschoolers group for mom. It's, it's people connecting in relationship. Why? It's so vitally important because we were not meant to do this thing on our own. You were never called to live as a Christian by yourself. The wisdom that Solomon gives is for us. We have to do this with other people. And if you're looking around saying, I don't know if I have those kinds of friends, you need to remember this, what Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only way to have a friend is to be one. The only way to have that kind of level of friendship is for you to open up your life with others, for you to get involved in a group, for you to share with others, for you to grow with others, for you to have those kind of conversations that need to happen in our life. I'm telling you guys, every week I see this happen in this church. 
and we need to change. We need to be different. We need to be the kind of church that God's calling us to be, where we don't just sit in rows, but where we sit in circles together. And many of you guys, you come in here um, right as service starts, or maybe a few minutes after the worship song has started. And you sit here during the whole time, you listen to the message, you do that, and then right as we get ready to dismiss, you're running for the door. It's like your weekly exercise, okay? I know you need to exercise, but you choose this moment to do that in, and that's not the best thing. And so you take off for the door. No one gets to know you. You don't get to know anyone else. And you can ask the staff every single week in meetings, in the different meetings that we have, man, I almost start crying because my heart breaks because I know this. If you don't connect with others, the worship is only going to keep you here for so long. The messages, and hopefully they're challenging, they're only going to entertain you and keep you here for so long. You need relationships with other people. You need to be connected with other people that are in this body, that are part of this local church. You need to be challenging them and how they're going to grow. And I've seen it time after time. People will come in and they'll say, man, this is a friendly church. Man, we love to worship. Man, the messages, they seem challenging. I feel like I'm growing. And then a few months later, I see them slowly start to slip out the door. They don't come. Why? Because they've not got connected with other people. They're still trying to do this on their own. And that's not who God has called us to be. He's calling us, let's go build friendships. Let's go and be there in each other's lives. And so we're going to do that. That's the challenge for us as a church is we want to do that. Maybe you don't see a group that you're like, hey, I could connect in that. Then would you pray and would you consider just starting a circle? Not just sitting in a row, but starting a circle. Maybe there's a group of people that you know that are here at New Community Church that you've become friends with. Maybe there's a group in your workplace. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. People that you know that you say, hey, I could press a button on a video and hit play and I, I could lead some discussion questions. And we're asking for some of you to step up and to lead these circles in this next series that we're doing. It's called G Stories That Jesus Told. And we're just going to take about five weeks and walk through stories that Jesus told. And as we're doing that, we're looking at some of you saying, this may be your next step to get a group of your friends together, to hit play on a video, watch a video for about six or seven minutes, and then just ask some questions, challenge each other spiritually, ask what they think about that, maybe what God is saying to them about that video that they just watched or that story that Jesus told. This is what we want to do because we're called to live in relationship with each other. We're called to be there for one another to belong to each other, and to grow to each other in our friendships, in our relationships. So if we want to build friendships, we have to create circles, not just rows. The Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you still have your Bible, you can turn there. It's on page 623 in the Bible in front of you. And Paul says this as he's talking to the church in Corinth. He's challenging them with this idea. He's talking to them about their spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given to the church. And he's saying, hey, don't become jealous of each other because one of you is gifted in one area and one of you is gifted in another. He said, no, you need to have relationships. You need to be united together. And this is what he says. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. In verse 15, chapter 12, verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. Or if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, 
yet there's one body. What's he saying? Paul's saying, hey, don't be divided in the church. You need to have relationship. You need to understand that you're connected. Now, every part of you isn't connected to every other part of the body. Okay, that would be weird. That would be a monster. But you are called to be connected with some parts of this body. There are people around you that you should know, that you should be familiar with, that you should be connected with. And yet so many of us are trying to live this thing out on our own. As I mentioned, you're trying to sneak in and sneak out and never really looking for that place of connection or that circle or that group that you can belong to to be connected to the body of Christ. We're trying to do this by ourselves, and that's not how we were meant to live. I mean, just look at the physical example. I mean, if you were to take your hand and you disconnect it from your arm, what is going to happen? Okay, it's not a trick question, you guys. It's going to die, okay? If you cut off your finger or anything like that, it's going to be gross, right? It's going to disconnect. And if a surgeon or someone that's skilled does not quickly reconnect it back to the body, it's going to decay, it's going to smell, it's going to be gross. And so if we're part of the body, it's that same way. We have to be connected to one another. We have to be in each other's lives. We have to know one another, know who we are, know who the people that sit around us are. That's what we're called to do. That's what it means to do that. It's not just about us. It's not just about what we get from this. It's about what we give. In the body of Christ, it's not just about who I am as a member. It's about each and every one of us together, united together. That's what Christ is calling us to do. And so you being here on a Sunday morning is vitally important. Not just because, hey, I may get something, God may speak to me, I may be challenged. It's not just about what you can get, it's about what you can give. You're a member of the body. So you being here, it may be a smile to someone who's had a horrible week. It may be a prayer for someone who's struggling in their marriage or struggling in their family. It may be a word of encouragement to someone that's looking for a job and that feels like giving up. And, and maybe your faith, maybe someone needs to see you lift your hands in worship. Maybe someone needs to see you or hear you behind you pray. And your prayer of faith, what you're saying, your belief in God, all of a sudden stirs something up inside of them. See, it's not just about you. When we look at building friendships and what God is calling us to do, it's not just for me. We're here for each other. We're a part of the body. We're here to encourage and challenge one another to grow. And so it's important that we're together. In a recent survey that was done, 81% of Christians, 81% of Christians that were surveyed said, I believe I can live a successful Christian life and not be part of the church. I believe I can be a successful Christian and never attend church or not really go to church, but I can still follow after God and I can still do what God wants me to do. And as I heard that, I thought, man, 81% of those Christians surveyed believe something that's not biblical. It's not found in God's word. It's actually against what Paul is saying. He's saying, no, you need to be connected to one another. You need to be together. There's something powerful about God's church and his body and what it is that he's called us to do. And so it's vitally important that we stay connected with one another, that we stay unified together. That's what God is calling us to do. So it's not enough for you to just come sit in this place. You can't say, oh, I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of that community and never do anything to build a relationship with someone else. You're missing out. You're not really a part of the body. You're disconnected from what God has called you to be. See, it's vital. We need each other. We need to be there in one another's life because that's what Christ has called, called us to be. That's what being a part of the body of Christ is all about. 
And so this is the vision that we're moving towards, church. This is the kind of church that we want to become. I'm not okay with people sneaking in anymore and no one getting to know them, no one finding out who they are. And after a few months, they fade back away and they say, you know what, I gave church a try, but I guess it wasn't for me. Each of us that call this our church home, we're responsible for one another. You're responsible for the people that sit around you. God has called you as part of this church that it's not just about you and it's not just about what you'll receive, but it's about what you'll give to others. And so this is the vision that we're moving towards. We're going to start 30 groups this year. I'm praying for that. I'm believing for that. That for some of you, that's your next step is to get plugged into a group. And for some of you, it's not to join a group, it's to start a group. For some of you, people around you are waiting. You're more spiritually mature. You've walked with Christ longer and you understand some of those spiritual things. And there are people in this church that are dying to sit down with you and hear the wisdom that you have to give them. Matter of fact, it's vital to their spiritual growth. And you can't just sit there anymore, church. See, we've got to go where God is calling us to go. For some of you, you've been doing this thing alone for too long. You've been trying to live separate on your own for too long. And that's why we're starting 30 groups because you need a place where you can belong. You can't do this by yourself anymore. See, we're gonna become a church. The vision is that God would call us to become a church where welcoming people isn't just a position at the front door. It's a culture that each and every one of us own. See, that I'm gonna get to know the people around me. I'm gonna be intentional in what God is calling me to do to find out who others are and I want to help them grow and I need help growing and so I'm gonna be someone that's friendly. I'm gonna seek out those relationships that God wants me to have. See, that's the kind of church that we're gonna become and as we do that, we're gonna grow. We're gonna see more lives change. We're gonna see more lives transform. Jesus said that they're gonna know you're my disciples. How? By your love one for another. How's the world going to know that we're Christians? It's how we love one another. It's how we take care of one another. It's how we build those friendships with one another, that we are there for each other. And they're going to see that, and they're going to come to faith in who God is. That's the kind of church that we want to become. We don't want anyone to have to do this alone. We want to be there for each other. And so we're going to do that. We're going to look for more ways to make that happen. I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask in this room if there's anyone, we've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about the friendships that we build. But maybe you're sitting here and you haven't taken care of that first relationship that all of us need. And that's our relationship with God. See, church, I can't truly love others. I can't demonstrate the love of God to others if I'm not living in God's love for myself, if I'm not walking in a relationship with God. And that's where friendships start. And maybe you're in this room and you've walked away from that relationship. Maybe you've never committed to that. You've never really surrendered your life over and asked God to come in and to be a part of your life. And if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get up from where you're sitting at and to come forward. The word of God is very clear. We've all sinned. We've all messed up and fallen short of God's plan, what he designed for us, what he wants for us. We've all done that, and we can't fix ourselves on our own. We're all broken, and it's only the grace of God, his work on the cross. He gave his life for us so that we could know 
that relationship. And if you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with God, with no one looking around right now, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all right now, God's speaking to you. Maybe you feel something on the inside that you've not felt before. It's the invitation of God inviting you into his family. Inviting you to come and start that new relationship. Well, if there's no one here in that situation, then I'm going to ask for you to look at me. Church, this is the vision that God is calling us to. So we would be a church that builds those relationships, that we build those friendships, that we encourage and that we challenge one another. And so this week, we're going to take action with that. We're going to do something, not just hearing God's word, but we're going to put it into practice this week. And so we have a few action things that when you leave today, you're going to get a card with these on the back. And this is what we're asking you to do, everyone in the church to do, to share a meal with someone new this week. We want you to do that, to get to know someone who maybe comes here to this church that you've never talked to before. Okay, guys, let me just say this. If you're single, this isn't your chance to hook up with the girl, okay? It's not, we don't want this to be weird. Okay, that's not what we're looking for. And, um, but what we're looking for is maybe friendships and relationships that would grow. Maybe ways that we could challenge one another and encourage one another in our faith so that we'd move forward in our relationship with God. And so part of that is just gonna be sharing a meal. Another way is to connect with a friend just to see how they're doing. Maybe there's a family member or a friend that you have and you haven't talked to them a little bit about where they're at with God and maybe just picking up the phone or texting them and just saying, hey, was thinking about you, was praying for you this week. Just wanted to let you know, man, I wanna be here to encourage you in your relationship with God if there's anything that I can do. We want to bridge that connection. We wanna build that friendship. And the last thing is for some of you or all of us, we want to either you to go on there and to join a group or to start a group. You can go to newcommunity.co slash groups and you can find out about all of our groups, whether there's a group that you wanna join or you can also find out how do I start one of those circles that you're talking about? How can I take the next four to five weeks and, and really get a group of people together and let's see each other grow in our relationship with God. And so you can do that there, but we want everyone to do that. That no one that comes to this church would be doing this alone, but we would be connected in relationship with each other. And so those are the three action steps that we have for you this week. And we want you to do that, church. And so what we're going to do is actually before we're dismissed this morning, we're going to ask you not to, to do your exercise and to run to the door. But we're just going to take three minutes. Just give me three minutes. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet here in a moment. And if you're on this side and you never talk to anyone on this side, this is your opportunity. And if you're over here, I want you to come over here and to meet someone in the middle maybe and just to introduce yourself. Just tell them who you are and, and what you do for work and a little bit about yourself. Ask them a little bit about themselves. And then for those of you, maybe you've seen someone and you're like, hey, I'd like to get to know them. Maybe invite them out to coffee. Invite another couple out to lunch or to dinner this week and see how God will continue to grow us in our relationship. So go ahead if you'll stand to your feet this morning. We're going to redo connection time in case you missed that this morning. If everyone would stand and just take a few minutes, we're going to ask you to get out of your seat and to connect with one another.